Welcome to Dragon Talk! Hey, yay! My favorite podcast! Very excited, again, to be here for this podcast, which is, I don't know if you guys know this, it's the official Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Where we discuss all things Bachelor. (laughs) No, that was last episode. This one, we're talking about all things Call of Duty. Oh. That's right, because I'm Greg Tito, and this is Shelly Moo, and we are talking to Chad Michael Collins for our interview segment. Very exciting to talk to him as a performer, a voice actor, a gamer, a wonderful Ithaca College graduate. Yes, always got that that Ithaca Upstate New York connection, always. It is amazing how many people we talked to on this podcast over the last seven years, have had something to do with that city. It's weird, isn't it? It is weird. Do you think we should go back? Like we should just as form an adventuring party and figure out what this call is with Ithaca? What is the ties that bind us? Yes, that's actually not a bad idea. Let's go on tour. A book tour. And then we just... It's basically the only reason we're doing this tour, though, is to go to Ithaca. And then my dad can be, can take us to lunch because he's always in Ithaca. Is he really? Mm-hmm. Oh, he has nice. a store there. So if you're in, if you have any floor covering needs in Ithaca, New York, please visit Warehouse Carpet. <laughs> Family business. Thanks. Shameless plug here. For- um, you can get a Dragon Talk ten percent off. I'm sure he'll honor it. Just use the code <laughs> Dragon Talk. My daughter works at D and D. Yeah, and then while you're there, ask him what I do at Wizards. And he'll be like, oh, she makes the game Dungeons and Dragons. Because he has no clue. This this all checks out. Uh, yep. But it also is very magical what happens on floor covering stores in Ithaca, New York. We don't know. I mean, it could just be a front. Look at what's happening at a grocery store in Waterdeep right now. <sighs> for our, There's, you know, For our Drinky Two Shoes segments, yeah. right. Who knows? So, you don't know. Could be doppelgangers selling you some engineered hardwood. Wait, is your dad a doppelganger? I've always wondered. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like we've gotten so many quests over the last few episodes to go figure some stuff out. <laughs> oh, my God. That would be really fun. We should do an insight check with my dad. That would be really funny. I Ask I, him some D&D questions. I don't know. I don't know what that is. Oh, God. That Where's like, my grandson? Where is he? Just want to see my grandson. <laughs> he calls Pokemon, Pokemon. Is he playing the Pokemon? Pokemon. And he thinks it's really funny to call Pikachu Pikachu. <laughs> and Quinn's always like, stop it. You know his name is Pikachu. Wow. Yeah. I feel like your dad uh, and I would be friends because I do like to pick a nose. <laughs> Well, I also know that uh, we are really good friends with Sarah Chan, newish member of the D&D team, uh, and we want to introduce her to all of y'all on a little segment we call Insight Check. So let's get Sarah on here before we talk to Chad Michael Collins.
everyone, let's welcome Sarah Chan to Inside Check. Hi, Sarah. Yay! Hello. Yay. Too much enthusiasm. Hello. No, we, we want the enthusiasm. We love the enthusiasm. We're so excited. You're a recent, uh, you know, within the last six months, addition to the awesome Dungeons and Dragons marketing team. Tell us, tell us, you know, the, the the basics. What what do you do here at Wizards? And I'm going to roll an insight check as you're doing this to make sure you're all on the up and up. Oh yeah, of course. Please go ahead. Um, uh, what do I do here? Let me see. I'm trying to... I'm Wait, trying hold on. To find... I'm disadvantage now. <laughs> um, so a TLDR version is that I do a lot of PowerPoints and I write a lot of emails, but that's like, that's, you know, the, the base point of it, right? Uh, but essentially I'm, I'm associate brand manager. I work with the lovely Shelly and uh, we work on a lot of products and uh, try to, you know, find the best ways to to talk about them and uh, to find things that people would find exciting about them and, and bring them to, to the, the audience. That's good. That works. I think I, yeah, I I believe it. Yeah. My, my insight is, 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 is right on the money on there. That's what I do when I tell when people ask me, uh, you know, about what do you do for D and D? I'm like, well, I just sing it from the rooftops. Why it's cool to uh, specific people, but you're doing it more on the the broader scale uh, as, as marketing, right? Yeah, bringing bringing the hype to to the people. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> is what is a is an easier way to call it. I, I I'm just trying to find a way to to make it my job sound more more interesting than oh yeah I write things on powerpoints and you know find and and do that. But uh, yeah, essentially yeah, just talking to the people and finding out what makes them excited and uh, trying to bring that excitement to life. Shelly concurs. I concur, yeah. <laughs> and it's sending. I'm spending a lot of time answering my um, messages on Teams because yes, we there's a lot of that. Talk all day long on mm-hmm. Teams. Um, In fact, that's 90, why you're here because Shelly yeah. made you come and be on here, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, and I, I would say like ninety percent of the talk on Teams is about work. So you know, we do a really good job. Stay on, True. stay on topic. Stay on task. Yes, <laughs> yeah. and then other times it's about hair color and um, just like. Recipes or yeah, Quinn, like she'll be like, oh my God, he's so loud. Can you please mute? I didn't even know I was unmuted. So sorry about that. Um, but anyway, a lot part of of what you are doing and what you're working on is um, all of the hype around Critical Role, Call of the Nether Deep. So yes, you were the the marketing lead on on that. On that campaign, and there's so much exciting stuff out there happening for it. Yeah, it's it's super exciting. Um, I, I can't wait to get my hands on on a book uh, on the book. To be honest, I was um last just last weekend. I actually went to a bookstore and I heard someone saying uh, "Call of the Nether Deep." I'm like, oh, I know that. I know no what you're talking about. Way. Yeah, I was just I was just like, oh, this is this is real life. It's not just you know my work life. I I can hear it. In, in person when I just go to a bookstore. So, uh, yeah, it's it's super exciting to be able to work on such, uh, you know, D&D, such a great IP. But also I think it's so, um, it, it connects with so many people, right? So uh, people are so passionate about it and, and that's always great to, to see in real life. Yeah, and then you, uh, you've recently taken that passion to, to DMing, right? You've, you've run, you're running a campaign? Yes, I am. I, where did you get all this information? 
<laughs> Shelly teams messaged me all of this. Uh, <laughs> when I'm yeah. not teams messaging you, I'm teams messaging Greg, <laughs> which is actually probably true. <laughs> Back and forth. Yeah, so I I am. I actually just very recently, this past weekend, uh, started DMing my first uh, campaign. Uh, I chose uh, Strixhaven because uh, I'm working with a bunch of people that also haven't played D&D before. Mm. So uh, I thought it would be a good entry way to, to get them in there. You know, you, you just give them a summary of, oh, you're, you're at a magic school. And then that's, that's already enough for them, right? So um, it, it went okay. I, think, I thought it went okay. I think as a first-time DM, I wanted to make sure that I'm, I'm setting, the, uh, setting, setting the setting well enough, <laughs> but also making sure that I'm giving them um, ideas on, on what to do next. I think um, since it was their first time playing, and I think they only had a, a very top view of what D&D is, there was a lot that they had to get used to. So even working through with them, they're like, oh, oh, I didn't realize I, I had to interact with you so much. I didn't re- was realize it was so interactive. <laughs> and I was like, yes, you're, it's an RPG. Like you're, you're all playing. So, you know, so they would be like, do I, do I talk in third person? Oh, yeah. Do I say I, do I say my character's name? What am I doing? Um, so it was a lot of working through that with them. And it was, it was very fun to see, because I feel like a lot of those questions I would have asked on my side too. Um, so, but I, I try to make it easier for them without being too, um, too overwhelming by offering them options like, oh, so this happened. What would you like to do? Would you, maybe you want to try this? Maybe you want to try that. Um, and uh, they always, uh, I'm always uh, surprised by the options that they choose because sometimes it's not even the ones I offer them. And they're like, oh, I'm going to do that instead. I'm like, okay, I did not have anything planned for that situation. So I'm just going to have to make it up right on the spot. My God, you're a natural. <laughs> No, no, I had I had a whole spreadsheet of things of like contingencies, like, oh, if they go here, I'm going to say this. If they go there, I'm going to say that. And then they did the one thing that I did not plan for. So I'm like, oh, OK, well. So what well, did you do? Because that's the part when that happened to me, that's when I crashed and burned and then took like a 12 year hiatus <laughs> from DMing. <laughs> um, I honestly, I just kind of I just kind of flip through the book really quickly because um, I think one of the things that this the, the person wanted to do was go into one of the lecture halls. I'm like, it's the first chapter. No one wants to go into the lecture halls. Why are you going to a lecture hall? So, <laughs> You're a freshman. Like, Why would you? Come on. <laughs> and you haven't even gone through orientation yet. Why are you listening in on this professor's <laughs> talk? So Nerd. he's like, so he's like, oh yeah, I, I want to go listen on that. I'm like, okay, well, you're going to walk in on this class of uh, herbology. They're just going to talk about herbs and best way to, to farm and whether, you know, they should go the traditional route of using a, a hoe or whether, you know, just, just all this stuff. And I was like, just talk about as much as I know about farming and drop it in there. And hopefully it bores them <laughs> enough to leave the room. It's <laughs> amazing. I feel like you've been listening to uh, Shelly's How to DM segments because that's exactly uh, the way to do it. The bore, bore them, bore them into doing something yes, else. That, that is, that's the first rule of dungeon mastering. Is bore your players until they turn around and go into the room you wanted them to go into. No, I think that was, you've already said though, just a lot of things that are just very smart for a new dungeon master to just innately know how to do, like giving them choices instead of saying, 
you can do anything you want, saying, well, you could do this or you could do this or something like this and letting them come up with their own idea or just choose. Yeah, because I feel like they can be easily overwhelmed, especially if you're new yes. coming in. You, you don't know what you can do. So um, it was just like, oh, you know, these are examples of what you can do, but you can do something else. Uh, so I think that helped a lot, uh, but it was still a little bit slow going because they they were they were trying to figure out what exactly they could do, um, even rolling the dice. They didn't know when then that when that would be incorporated. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, now it's time for you to roll a perception check. Uh, okay, roll your dice. And they're like, what 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 do I roll? And I'm like, roll the d twenty, and then tell me what number you get. And they're like, oh, okay. And then add this to it, right? It's so it's so eye-opening when they do it for the first time. And you're like, oh, well, and this is now what occurs. And everyone get to see that, right? Yeah, I think that was the hardest part for me because a few times they did roll, I think, a nat one. And oh. I'm like, oh, like, how do I, how do I, I don't want to, I don't want anything. Punish them right away. To, I, exactly. Especially if they're starting. I'm like, yeah. how do I, how do I balance this out so that they're, 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 they have a fun, you know, fun way of failure, but it still doesn't deter them from continuing on with the story. So I, I tended to err on the side of caution and made it a little bit easier for them. So, would, you know, they maybe they just didn't get the objective that they needed to, but they wouldn't end up like poking themselves with the sword or anything like that. <laughs> that makes sense. Now, did I understand right that you, have you done any playing before, any playing of D&D before this? Uh, I... Yes, I actually, uh, one of the first things that uh, we did when I joined this company was play a game of D&D. And I was really excited about that. I was like, oh, wow, you actually you get to play D&D at work? That is amazing. Um, I cannot tell you how hyped I was that first week. I was, I was telling everyone, I'm like, I get to play D&D at work. Can you, can you believe this? Um, so That's yes, I, I have played before and uh, it was, it was, it was definitely eye-opening because it was, um, I didn't get a chance to play growing up mm-hmm. and it, that's something I've always wanted to, to do. Uh, I just couldn't find, um, you know, a group of people that had the same schedule that could be able to do that. So when I, when I was able to do it here, I was, I was very excited to, to do that. She was a natural, too. Yeah, that checks out. She was I a think. very, very fun person to role play with. Thank you, Shelly. I You're appreciate welcome. that. Yeah. We should do it again sometime. Yes. That's what I, I love. I would love to do that. You guys definitely should. Uh, but I, I love your perspective as being that uh, type of person who is like, I always wanted to do this, but I never got that next step right and like never you know never got a group together and i mean that was, that was similar to, to my background when i was a kid i just was never able to find that friend group or, or or find the people until much later in life and i feel like so many people out there are you know who don't play D currently but are have that same itch they're like and they just need that one thing perhaps from the three of us marketing here at wizards we'd be able to find mm. what it is that one thing that that will get people to pick up their first, you know, starter set or, 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 or essentials kit and, and, and form a group, right? And so what do you think that is? What do you think that, that, that little nugget of creativity is for people that we want to engender in them? Well, I think, um, I, I think it's getting past the, the initial um, idea that, you know, it's, it's going to take a lot of work or it's going to take a lot of prep. I think that does present a barrier to entry for a lot of people. And it was a lot of me when, when I started 
DMing and I got this group together, it it took a while for me to go like, oh yeah, you actually don't need that much. It's okay. I'll take care of everything. So I think you need to have a DM, um, even if they're not experienced, you have to have someone that's willing to dedicate that time to, to do the research ahead of time and tell them this is exactly what you need. Um, and even, even then I, you know, I gave them like pre-gen, um, pre-generated um, uh, characters. Like, yeah, the characters and everything. And I, I linked them to the Wizards website because, <laughs> of course. Um, so I, I did that. And even then, I think they had a lot of questions of, of how that worked out and all that kind of stuff. So I think we we need to find a way to, to simplify and just make it easier. Um, there was another group of people, of my friends I was trying to to uh, recruit to play D&D. But they're like, wait, I thought I thought that was like a board game. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> So it was, I think it's a lot of um, unpacking a lot of misconceptions about the game and then mm-hmm. just giving them, no, these are the three basic things you need. You actually don't need that much stuff. Um, but even uh, even this weekend, um, uh, when, when we were uh, doing the um, session, it was them having a lot of questions about, oh, okay. So one of the person, one of the people did a, the pre-gen sheet. And went decided to fill out their own. So it was walking them through, oh, did I did I do this right? I'm like, I think you did. Like, like let's double check um the book and and make sure we have all that information correct. And what I ended up actually doing was watching like a 30-minute video of someone just filling out their sheet and going like, oh, that's how they did it. <laughs> someone on YouTube. So um I, I shouldn't talk too much about who it's just some random guy on YouTube that was like, this is how I fill out my sheet. I'm like, Oh, great. Okay. Let me link it to them. And hopefully um, I'll help them out and uh, fill out their sheet without any more um, issues or confusion. D and D is never really short of people teaching you what to do. (laughs) There's always a resource for, Oh, you need help with that. Let me help you with that. Right. Here's here's a playlist of 40,000 YouTube videos that help out <laughs> that specific. Uh, so you want to be a rogue. Let's talk about that. <laughs> is the rogue life right for you? Right. And which is such a great, you know, we, we talk about that a lot here about how that's so different from when it was, you know, even five years ago, 10 years ago, right? Like just the, the amount of content that's out there. Uh, and that you know that we've encouraged uh, to be created around it is, is really great. And now I'm so excited you're here, Sarah, to do that exact same thing, um, but for each of our products going out there. Ah, thank you. I'm super excited no. to work on uh, all the products, including the redacted ones I can't talk about. <laughs> oh my gosh! There's I can't wait to tell people about. Big long beep. Okay, yeah, so exciting. Everyone's going to like slow that down and, you know, try to translate it from Draconic. <laughs> yeah, I right. think it's very, very exciting and that you are, are a new dungeon master in the mix. Yes, so. I am looking forward to all the, the sessions coming up as well as all the, the product we have coming out. I think nowadays I'm looking at it in the lens of a DM too, like, oh, I can't wait to to play this with my my crew and as long as they're willing to still continue um continue the journey with me because uh, i'm sure there's a uh, there's things i could have done better but i think it's still we're still in the learning phase and we're learning together on how to, yeah. to make the game more fun i think that's good. that's yes they're probably grateful that you're willing to take on that role and mm-hmm. i do think i'm impressed that you chose strixhaven um Although I do think it's good for new players because, it, again, it, a setting that's pretty easy to understand. Like, oh, I'm a student at a yeah. magical school, okay? But there's all of, like, 
the jobs and the exams and the and the romance and the, all those really cool uh, new mechanics that I would love a DM to run me through as a player, but I think I would be scared to try to incorporate that as a dungeon master. Or maybe they're maybe in my head they're just harder than. No, I'm, that's they really it, was, it. Seemed very overwhelming to me too. I'm like, oh, this is a lot of stuff. But I think since we're going, you know, session by session, one by one, it's it's easy easier for me to digest and then inc- figure out how to incorporate yeah. this. But even um, thinking about it, you know, since they're they're also new, um, maybe it's something that I don't have to incorporate, right? Maybe it's something yeah. that we just st- start with the basics. And then eventually, once they get further on, uh, like once we're like six sessions, and maybe that's when the NPC, the the, uh, the rival characters can come into play. See, she's a natural, right? You already that, have a solve for that. And I love the fact that you're, you know, trying to disavow the idea that you need to do hours and hours of prep uh, in order to run a game. You yeah. really don't. I mean, y- you can get the basics and improv your way through it, and sometimes that can be more fun. Obviously, there are DMs out there who love. To do the deep the, the the deep dives and know everything, and I don't, I'm not you know discouraging that, but you know you can really just go in and play. I think that's something that Shelley and I have have perfected at the end of every uh, Dragon Talk episode, where we're just you know do a five minute session, and that can be just as fun. And I'm glad that you're doing the same thing, Sarah. So good. Yeah, yeah. Good thank job. you. Yeah, it's it's super fun. I'm I'm gonna definitely continue with this. Sweet, awesome. Well, thanks for coming on. Uh, I feel like you've been mostly truthful, but. Uh, all right, I got a, I got a twelve. My insight is a plus five, so yeah, I'll, I'll say this all checks out. What do you think, Shelley? I definitely feel like it checks out. <laughs> I don't even have to roll. I was like, a six, <laughs> um, but I will. Let me see. Twenty. Swear what? to God. Oh wow! Critted wow. it. Yes. On with with the fancy crystal Swarovski My dice Swarovski too. My Swarovski die. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to the weight of that. Uh, well, I'm glad it checks out. I appreciate that. <laughs> thank you well, for thanks, being here. Sarah. I can't wait to hear more about your Strict Seven campaign and all the other thousands of other campaigns you're going to run uh, for everybody here at Dungeons and Dragons. Thank you for having me. It was uh, very lovely talking to you guys. <laughs> we don't get to do it enough. I, I don't believe. I didn't believe that. <laughs> that one. I, eh, fail. <laughs> well, you already no. rolled. You already no. rolled. You can't roll again. Yeah, that was a two. Um, I don't <laughs> think you like us that much. <laughs> Uh, Thanks, Sarah. Thank you. Wonderful to see folks jumping behind the DM screen for the first time. Don't you just love Sarah? I love her so much. I she really such, do love her. She's such good stuff. Yep. Sending the word out about what is cool about our D and D stuff. We're coming out. With. I just really like her. She's just a good person and uh, uh, going to be a great dungeon master if she is not already. Let's be right? honest. Yeah. Yes. So impressed by just like yeah, going to be a DM now. Because you know, it's a, 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 a steeper climb for for other people. But I feel like it's so much easier now with all the resources that she's, you know, uh, jumping into, uh, right? Even all the segments that you're doing, Shelley, I think are I'm sure spreading that love and yes. letting more people come to. Hopefully, I hope people are are finding them useful. I would like to see the spreadsheet that she talked about. Because I bet, just like knowing her and the kind of work that she does, I bet it's 
real good, a really yeah. good resource. <laughs> I bet that is cool. Yeah. That and is she could turn type. it into a PowerPoint. <laughs> Using all the cool artwork. All right. So that's awesome stuff. I can't wait to hear more and work more with Sarah on all the fun things that we've got. Literally, we've got so many things planned for us to nice. reveal to you in the next few months that you have it's no idea. Blow your mind. You're, you, you're all in for so much. So, so much fun stuff. it's, yeah. Anyway. Um, and I think our next guest, Chad Michael Collins, has so much fun stuff happening that I can't wait to tell you all about too because it's really, really cool. And he just gets to play D&D uh, 24-7. Uh, <laughs> none of that's true. But a lot more D&D over the last few years, uh, which is super great to hear about. And you're going to hear about it all right now. Yay. Everyone, let's welcome Chad Michael Collins to Dragon Talk. Yay, Chad! <laughs> Woo-hoo. So excited to have you here, yeah. man. Mr. Greg, Miss Shelley, a pleasure. I'm very, very excited to be here chatting about one of my great, great loves, D&D. Mm. Right, right. You are an uh, actor, voice actor, a uh, performer extraordinaire, but I, I feel like D&D is, is your passion. It has become that, um, especially thanks to the pandemic. Thank you. Yes. Lockdowns. I had no excuse <laughs> not to finally play hundreds of hours of D and D, which uh, to my heart's delight. So, um, yeah, I've been a huge fan, you know, forever, and I've you know absolutely devoured the novels and the this and the video games, the PC games for years and years and years. And I finally found a bunch of wonderful people here in Los Angeles that I play endless games with. So uh, it is is definitely become uh, a lifestyle choice for me you could put it <laughs> i like it so this is so you were a fan but you had not dabbled in the trpg it's until the pandemic well we um i grew up in a very 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 tiny town in upstate new york okay. uh, and eight eight miles outside of that town so there was a lot of um me one-on-one gi joe play you know there was oh. certainly no opportunity to get a DD game together Yes. Um, you know, with the, the farmer's kid down the road. So uh, I never really got the chance to do it the proper way growing up. And it wasn't until I, I really immersed myself in L.A. and started to get introduced to people uh, who were part of that world and, and loved to play and were kind enough to invite me into my first game, Lost Mine of Fandelbert, uh, oh. that I really got hooked. And I, I've, I've been nonstop ever since. That'll do it. We, we do need to talk a minute about the upstate New York connection. Go for it. Where do so you know that Greg and I also have a very strong upstate New York connection? We get very excited about <laughs> um, when we meet people also from upstate New York. There's just like this parallel that we're just drawn to each other. Where are you from in upstate New York? I grew up in a very small town called Canajahari, New York, um, oh. which is, I think, Iroquois Indian in origin, the name of that town, which is about 40 miles west of. Albany, the state capital, oh, town yeah. about 2,500, 3,000 people. Um, a very, very wonderful, rustic rural setting. Oh, nice. Okay. I'm from Binghamton. Okay. I went to Ithaca College. So Me too. Knocking on. Uh, what? You're, a, bo- Look at you're us. a fellow bomber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, I can't believe they kept that. That, that <laughs> kind of went out of style. I always thought it had something to day. do with, with drinking. I don't know what you think it. Well, that's entirely appropriate, <laughs> although it probably wasn't their intention. 
<laughs> oh my gosh! I didn't were realize you, you went to Ithaca. Too. I didn't either. I knew I did. that. Okay, were you? Did you? Were you a theater major? I was not. Um, contrary to to being an actor now, I had never acted a day in my life before I landed on the Golden Shores of L.A. So I was a journalism major of all things. Oh, mm-hmm. the Roy Roy. What's it? Roy H. Park School of Communication. Roy H. Park. I remember <laughs> that too. Gosh. It's been yeah. Kind of pull that out of your brain, man. <laughs> I could see it from my dorm room as I sat on the balcony smoking cigarettes and drinking beer. And well, not, hey, yeah. Who didn't? Right? You know? This was College. a long time ago. College. I love it. And Greg, Greg, Greg worked at the, the Hangar Theater. I was at the Hangar Theater doing theater carpentry. Uh, for a summer, uh, and I loved it. I still love Ithaca uh, because of that. Because it's gorgeous. I mean, I, I might have even stayed in your dorms because I, I stepped, I like, uh, I I love was there it. in the summertime uh, when no one was there lighting fireworks off the balcony. So it was uh, a lot of fireworks. <laughs> that was me. I'm still on residence hall probation. That is <laughs> too like- funny. I, I love Ithaca. What a charming little city. Uh, I, I loved it uh, immensely. It was such a great place to go to school. Yeah. Um, and so cool to hear that you passed through there, uh, Greg, as well. Shelly, you know Ithaca is gorgeous. Is it the, is. The yes. tagline for that city, the, the travel and tourism boards, you know, G-O-R-G-E-S, because of the majestic nature around there. I bought a T-shirt that said that in college, and I still have it. And it's nice. remarkably not full of holes. So wow, good call. rock it time to time. Yeah, and I bet like people stop you and say, I know Ithaca. That's also a, yeah. a, a strange connection I have with I find Ithaca people all over. They are. And that's, uh, the, the college was wonderful. I, I, I did an internship out here because of all the alumni out here. And mm. I never yes. left. Yes. Because why would I leave? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there has got to be some ley lines connecting Seattle, LA, and, and Ithaca because, I, right, this is, it's a, an uncanny how many guests we have that have at least passed through there or, or uh, have yeah. some connection to it. It's like magic. Yeah, it's like a secret portal into D and D. Into D and D, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Well, let's talk about that first group that you had uh, in in LA. Uh, You know that that is always the the rite of passage, right? Can you make that connection at that first game? And it sounds like uh, it it was it was eye opening for you. We had a blast, and uh, you know I'll never forget it. I I I played a, a ranger, and we um, we went on for a couple of years, you know, with some actor friends. Uh, my, my good friend, who's a successful television and film writer, he ran the game for us. We had a blast. Uh, Doug Pasco, who you know, Greg. Um, yeah, we played. We, he was in the game. And Tiffany Smith, who I know you all have chatted to before on the show. And Davey Perez is the name, uh, former writer on Supernatural. And he's doing all the Star Trek shows now and stuff. So it was a really fun collective of, of people to get together with and really try it on for size for the first time. And I, I don't think I was the only one. I, I think like four, four out of the five of us were first time D and D players, like sit down, play D and D. So it was a really magical experience for everybody. That is super cool. And it's, I think that makes it easier sometimes to, if, when you're new to D and D to have other new players with you, feels a little less intimidating. Yeah. We were figuring it out together, but you know, I went, I went full deep end. I read the player's handbook twice. I you know, oh. started watching the D&D Beyond videos and stuff that you all have available, teaching players and was learning, learning how to you know play my class better. And I've, I've literally never stopped devouring d 
D&D content and finding new ways to, to be a better DM or a better player. I just, I love it so much. It's, it's, it's such a great natural extension of, of what we do as actors. And it's a, it's a fantastic outlet for creativity and imagination and play. And, and you know, I have a, I have a, merds, a, a nerd's mind uh, mental stimulation, you know, so I, I love the chess board, you know, combat the tactics and stuff like this too. So it kind of scratches all the edges. Yeah. Did you well, say you DM'd too? Did you, you, you got behind the screen and was able to tell some stories? I did. I, I DM'd my first game uh, just before the pandemic started and that was Lost Minds of Vandelver, which is such a wonderful introduction to, to D&D for players. I went on because the pandemic went on and I started to DM um, Dragon Advice Player Peak from the uh, Essentials Kit, which oh, is yeah. fantastic. And then I decided to get overly ambitious and decided to run two concurrent Curse of Strahd campaigns, which was insane. Wow. Um, you know, one of those is still going on the rig, but uh, <laughs> I really had, wanted to up my game. They were two happening at the same time? Yes. Like, did they yes. both start at the same time? Roughly, yes. Oh, that's interesting. Because yes. then, it, did the did both groups kind of were they similar in their choices or paths that they made, or did they were they wildly different? You kind know, that's cool what I told myself is that if I just prep for one group, you know, it's kind of like <laughs> right. prepping for the other group. Every like, party's the same. <laughs> but you know, Curse of Strahd, as we all know, is not set up that way no. so much. So while they definitely shared the same kind of linear path. They also got very divergent at times, you know, and then when you fight night hags, people start dying. Well, that kind of changes things uh, <laughs> there forward. So, uh, but it was, it was, it, it's fun. And, and my one campaign, we just played last night, we just uh, oh, fought yeah. on Yesterhill um, where they took out Winter Splinter. Congratulations party. No one died. All well right. done. Yeah. Um, did they, were they, the groups in uh, Barovia aware of each other? Were you running it as if they were in the same world or is it two separate kind of shards of reality? No, I kept it, I kept it separate mm. um, in that way. So they didn't, um, they didn't have a West Side Story finger snapping <laughs> alley fight in Velaki or anything. So <laughs> kept it clean, kept it clean, Greg. That'd be interesting though. I love, yeah. I love that idea <laughs> of having uh, groups aware of each other and perhaps you know becoming rivals or something like that. I think that's really cool. It's something that we're going to explore fun. a little bit in the uh, Critical Role Call of the Nether Deep uh, book that's coming mm -hmm. out. Uh, we'll have some of those mechanics in there for rival NPCs. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's fun. Who does yeah. like a good gang fight? Yeah. I, I, I don't know how DMs have time to run more than one game. I remember being very surprised when, like, early, early days, I thought that my dungeon master was just my dungeon master. And I remember finding <laughs> out he had, like, two other games. And I felt, like, slighted a bit. He was cheating like, on you with those other people. I actually think I used those words, Greg. <laughs> like, was that Marty? It was not Marty, No. But I, Marty was actually the one that was like, it's very normal you know, for like dungeon masters to play with other people. Like, does he think of me when he's like telling the other wizard what to do? I don't, it's so weird. I don't know. No. I think it's important for a, it's important for a DM to, 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 you know, be transparent and honest and, you know, say, hey, I'm a monogamous DM. Yeah. I will not go around you. I will not entertain I, other games. I you know, want other. Just open. something that that's on him. 
You're my only you know? wizard. I know. I just no. it was yeah. it was hard for me to get over. But now you, it's you really didn't more. You know he was an open DM. I didn't know. I did not know I was in an open <laughs> relationship. I feel like you should you should Sherry. know that. Um, but now it's more of just like a resource thing. Like how how the heck can you? How would you even keep him straight? Like what if you really did call yeah. the wizard by the other wizard's name? <laughs> oh, <laughs> then it gets ugly. It does. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, speaking from experience. Said the wrong blood-soaked letter from Strahd to the wrong wizard. You're like, oh, sorry, that was for the other one. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no, you're not invited to dinner. That, that, that's uh, Oh, this <laughs> was someone else's back. invitation. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Awkward. Uh, when you were running it during the pandemic, what, how did you uh, do it? Did you do, like, just theater of the mind on Zoom? Or were you, like, you know, uh, using Roll20 or anything like that? Yeah, I'm too much of a combat nerd, and I mm. love the beautiful maps and artwork way too much. Uh, so roll twenty all all day long. So that's when I started to to you know play online because we really didn't have much of a choice, and it was fun. It was great, and it was such a fantastic outlet for people who are just you know living in crisis, basically, yeah. you know, getting unemployed and and <laughs> just having nothing to do and nowhere to go. So it was it was such a saving grace for. For all of us, you know, we hook up on Zoom, we play for three, four hours at a time, and we, we keep it pretty weekly because you know we didn't have anything else going on. Um, so it was it was a lot of fun and, and really cool. And I I, I still love I, I play on Roll Twenty, I play online um, a lot just because logistically speaking, it just becomes easier. And as we all know, schedules can be the death of you know a, a, a once promising D and D campaign. So it's hard <laughs> enough when you play with enough people in the entertainment industry because it's always going up and down in people's careers and they're busy and they're not busy. And, you know, it's, it just, it comes in waves. So uh, keeping it digital has definitely allowed us to be a little bit more consistent with our, with our games and scheduling. Yeah. Yeah. And then you really can get the tactical combat stuff when you're, you're, you know, able to show mm -hmm. that and the dynamic lighting and things like that really do change it up, yep. especially for a dark module that curses Tron. Dark. Exactly. Yes. Uh, I assume that you do voices for your NPCs. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I don't, I don't lean into them too hard. Um, yeah. uh, you know, the, the, the Eastern European <laughs> Transylvania type voices for, for <laughs> Curse of Strahd is a lot of fun. And that's not a hard one. You know, standard British is, is not too bad either, but, um, I focus more on definitely making sure the players have the information they need more than, you know, trying to nail that accent, but some are, some are definitely easier than others. Yeah. So is that mostly what you do now is DM or are you playing in other campaigns as well? Uh, yeah, I, I play too much. I, you know, <laughs> I play an embarrassing amount and by embarrassing, I mean, I'm proud of it. I make yes. the time I commit. Um, yeah, I'm playing currently in uh, Dungeon of the Mad Mage, which is bonkers fun, and mm. I absolutely adore it. Uh, Rhyme of the Frost Maiden is something I've always wanted to play since that was uh, released, and nice. you know we're halfway through that one as well. Um, I'm trying to think, you know, I play in a, in a regular homebrew game with, with my, my my friend and producing partner Doug Pasco and his pals, uh, which is great. Um, yeah, I think that does it. Oh, and we have an ongoing Rise of Tiamat game that started with Tyranny, uh, started with Horde of the Dragon Queen. We're on the second book now, trying to finish that campaign, and that's been going on for probably three years now. Wow! So. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And then you're going like to add you're going to add live streaming to that now too, right? Yes. 
Yes, fingers crossed. Yes, um, I synced up with a great, uh, a great guy named uh, Jake Nunza, and he is a very, very polished dungeon master. And we just talked about our love for D and D at a, uh, you know, a book signing with our friend Todd Stashwick, great actor. Um, he, you know, we, we just kept in touch, and we just talked about, you know, I'd love to take this to the next level. I'd love to do it live because I just mm. think there's, I get so many questions, you know, and I started streaming on Twitch um, during the pandemic. And I was in a video game called Call, Call of Duty Modern Warfare in 2019. And I learned how to stream on Twitch and would play live with fans and gamers all around the world. So I just, I got familiar with that, that universe, the live stream universe. And it's always been my dream to bring D and D, you know, to, to people using that platform. And I've, I've wanted to do it for years. Jake seems, seemed like such a game person to run the, to run, run a campaign. And he loved the idea of it as well. Cause I get, you know, I get people asking all the time, mm. can you teach me? How do I play? How does it work? And there's so many things that you want to be able to share. Um, but you feel like if you can just sit down and present an experience to people, um, that is either going to get them hooked or not. And I've so many fans have already gone the extra mile and they start playing now and they're reading the books and everything now too, just because of my passion for it. So hopefully that happens. You know, I think we're targeting March, April. It's called the, the die is cast gaming. We're up on socials and on Twitch. Um, you know, we're, we're one of our partners is Lindsay Russo, who's another accomplished actress, uh, in this industry. And we're, we're putting it all together and it's coming along and we're very, very, very excited. To, to kind of bring it to the world. Nice. That is, yeah, that sounds, you know, live streaming really has been, a, no pun intended, a game changer, but in teaching people how to play, because for, I know many of my friends, my family that, that have never been exposed to D&D are mm. always asking like, but I don't understand if there's no pieces and there's no board and there's no <laughs> end. <laughs> And how do you do it? How how can that possibly be a game? It's very hard to explain just the concept of it's imagination, it's storytelling, yeah. it's world. I don't know how the story is going to end. It depends. And the dice factor mm-hmm. in on all that. So, but what do you think is, do you think live streaming, watching live streaming is the best way to learn how to play or just throwing yourself into a game? Like when, when people ask you how to play, what do you tell them? I was, you know, recommend that they, they, I mean, look, start on YouTube, find some wonderful content creator who's, who, who can break it down for you in, in a way better than I can, or watch, you know, live streams or just start reading some books. And, and if it piques your interest and catches, strikes your fancy, you know, go for it. You know, it's easier than ever to find a game between, you know, people on social media and discord and all the sites and everything else to be able to connect with people in ways that we never have been able to mm-hmm. before, you know. 12-year-old me in Canajahari, New York, eight miles outside of our small town, certainly couldn't, uh, you know, hop on the Discord to <laughs> find a uh, an online group. There wasn't even internet back then. That's how old I am. Um, <laughs> so I figured this is just kind of a really fun thing where even if you don't want to take it to the next step and start playing yourself, uh, come watch an interactive yeah. entertainment experience. Watch a story unfold in real time. Watch the improv you know, see the fantastic art, you know, hang on the edge of your seat with the combat and and everything else too. And, you know, we have a plan to try and pull back the curtain a little bit, you know, along with the, and hopefully an immersive live stream, you know, just like 
take an hour and say, like, hey, this is my character, and just run them through the D&D Beyond character sheet. Mm-hmm. Like, this means yeah. this. This is this. This is oh, what he calls cool. for that. This means this. So we want to be able to, for those that are interested, kind of break it down and give them a little bit of an education experience as well for those who, who really dig it and think it might be for them. That's cool. That's a great idea. And you've got such a different uh, group of nerds uh, who have been following, uh, you know, you mentioned the Call of Duty stuff. I mean, that's, that is a huge part of fandom. I remember when, was it the first Modern Warfare that came out in like 2008 or 2009 or something like that, that just blew up, right? And everyone was like, this is the biggest gaming property ever. And there's so many people who pay attention to that, that franchise. But it's very different type of nerdery than D&D. <laughs> um, even though, I mean, if you look at it, there's leveling up and there's other things happening, right? So a lot of the DNA is still there. Um, but I just love that you're taking that, you know, that fandom and introducing them to this whole other type of, of gaming that can be just as fulfilling for, you know, not all of them, but, you know, a good portion of them. So you're, you're, doing, you're doing Peller's work here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I prefer to do tears works, <laughs> you know, we're, we're splitting hairs now. Um, but yeah, you're totally right. Greg. I, I, I've been able to meet so many awesome gamers and call of duty is just, it's a monster. I mean, it's, it's kind of like akin to star Wars. Like it's so yeah. ubiquitous. It's like, you know, even if you don't play it, like, you know, you probably have a nephew who plays it or you've heard of call of duty because of the commercials or the billboards or whatever else. So it's kind of, it's an A-headed Hydra to steal a mythical beast metaphor from you all. And we it just keeps that. getting bigger and better. Not and, the Greeks. Um, we made the Hydra. Yeah. 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 We, we stole it from it. us. Yeah. You can take credit. <laughs> you can take credit. It's your podcast. <laughs> you take credit. Um, yeah. But it's cool because, you know, I, 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 you know, it's a first-person shooter video game, which are not always my favorite. I've certainly played my share. But I love our game. It's a lot of fun. I, I meet so many cool gamers and fans around the world. And I can't help but talk about D&D and they see it like behind me when I stream. Like, how's that? Like, what are all those books? You know, what is what what is that guy with a hamster on his head? <laughs> As I hold my Minskin Boo Funko to the camera. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and they just get curious and I just talk about it. And, you know, fantasy is my first love, um, you know, going back to The Hobbit and reading, you know, you know, the Icewind Dale trilogy, which is very oh, well known. Oh, you got all copy your... in my hand. Yeah, Just happen to have that? I got my props. <laughs> I got my props. So that's the, you know, and, and from Legend of Zelda and all the way up to and through, you know, art, you know, RPGs, fantasy has always been my first love. It informs so much of who I am. So uh, when it comes to, you know, fighting and shooting and stuff like that, like I prefer the sword and board more than I do the, uh, you know, the MP5 submachine gun. So that's just kind of the deal. And I've been able to like, you know, push that interest on my adoring uh, Twitch community, which they seem to really love and appreciate. So they're very excited about a live stream to see what the hell I'm talking about all the time. And <laughs> hopefully it's yes. fun for them. Yeah. And I think it, 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 there's like this, I, you know, philosophically, you could say like that, you know, that's a very different world. But we know so many people who are in the military who love Dungeons and Dragons and all this stuff. Yeah. You know, when you're deployed, there's sometimes nothing you can do except having a pen and paper and being able to play and imagine yourselves not, you know, in the crap of uh, desert or whatever uh, can actually really help and, and, and bring people together. So there is this underlying uh, 
bit of of and wargaming as well that has come through and is is part of the DNA of of D anD D. So I love that you're like the physical embodiment of bridging these two things. Yeah. You're like you're like Captain America holding the <laughs> helicopter, <laughs> pulling things together. Oh, <laughs> yeah, awesome. thank, thanks, Greg. It's been it's been a lot of fun, and you know, it's it's as everybody knows, you're passionate about something, you love to talk about it. So. Yeah. Since I don't shut up about D and D, people are like, "Well, put your money where your mouth is. Why don't you? Why don't you? You know, show us what you got." So that's our plan. We need to do that this spring. And so this is a homebrew world or setting mm-hmm. that you're going to be playing in. Is there? Can you give us any details about that setting yet? Yeah, I. Um, so Jake uh, is is pals with I think Ed Greenwood, um, and he heard of him. He loves he loves the Border Kingdom, um, and I don't. I never knew much about it. You know, because all those campaigns that I played in, as described earlier, you know, they take, you know, Sword Coast, this, that, whatever else uh, in the Forgotten Realms. So, uh, he, you know, he kind of gave me a little primer on the Border Kingdoms and he described it as kind of like the Wild West with magic and monsters. And I'm like, ooh, mm. you had me at Wild. Um, so <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, but apparently it's been, you know, the campaign setting has been used in the Adventurers League. It's like set way to the southeast, you know, off the Sword Coast. And it's like where kingdoms rise and fall. And it's called the Land of Adventurers where maps aren't even accurate because territories are, you know, getting taken over and new new factions rise, other ones fall. So it's kind of like you don't know much about it until you're you're in it. Mm-hmm. So it's all very, very exciting to me. And um I'm uh, definitely, definitely pumped to play. And I've already got a uh, shield master paladin cooked up and ready to rock. Shield right. master. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be fun. I can't, I can't help but be the, the protector of the tank. I, I I just love the frontline stuff too much. That's different from Shut when up. you started. You started as the ranger. I like, know. Mm. I was gonna. Now I gotta say, get within. Well, ooh, there's an melee arc. range. You know, it's you know Arag- Aragorn. Yeah, um, and and all that other stuff I grew up on. Tannis you know, half elven. That, that was yeah, Tannis half elven. Uh, nice. Read those books too. Big fan of Tannis half elven back in the day. Uh, but you know, I'm I'm a night nerd. Like I just love the medieval stuff. Like Braveheart's my favorite movie. And, you know, so it's just kind of the um, you know the tanky plate wearing frontline fighter devoted to doing good and protecting his allies. It's just I'm you know. Call me vanilla if you want. Call me basic if you'd like. But I'm happy to do the dirty work in the trenches that no one else really wants to do because then they can't, you know, have witty puns when they, uh, you know, are a bard. Do psychic damage with them. So anyway. I got to try. I'm, I've never played a paladin, but I think, I think I'm ready to, to branch out. It's completely different for me. But as Greg knows, I hate I hated being a cleric. I hated it. Too much pressure. <laughs> I don't want to yeah. heal people. I don't. Heal, I can't. You know, you'll play any. You know, I used to play a lot of Warcraft and any other RPG. Trust me, the healer is a thankless job. They don't mm. ever really thank you when you save their lives, but they will absolutely blame you when they drop. Oh yeah, because their stupidity and you don't save them in time. It's a thankless job. Tank is the second most thankless job. So it's not for everyone. Um, you know, you can't be into it, you know, for, for the medals and the accolades, you know, you just got to do your job, but I think you'd love playing the paladin, uh, especially when you hit level six and you never fail a save ever again. I would love that. It's, it's, it's going to be amazing. You as the instigator, I think, uh, Shelly, 
would behoove yourself to have more armor class, let me just say. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the amount of times you put yourself as a character into danger, uh, you know. I mean. All of a sudden, if you're built for that, it makes it a lot more, uh, I don't know, fun. I think, yes, this this all goes back to the psychology of why we play characters the, the way we do and, and why we we choose those characters because I would never put myself in danger in real life. I am <laughs> such like a safety nerd. Like I don't even want to jaywalk. What do you, I don't care if the, the walk signal's not on and I don't care if there's no cars coming. I will just stand there on the curb and wait for the walk signal. <laughs> you never my, know. They put my bag held on as I cross the street here. <laughs> I <laughs> would. That would be safe. Yes, you never, good. you never You've know. You never know. You've seen her in Seattle. I, I can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have we met? Yes. So, um, yeah, that's why it's. I just like to, to explore that in D&D, just see what happens. And hopefully nothing terrible. <laughs> Safety be damned. And hopefully there's here. a cleric around well, that's, if, if it does happen. Seriously. Well, I figured I'd make it easy on the rest of the party. I'm like, look, I got this. I'm the frontline guy. I'm the tank. You all can go nuts. You want to do your tiefling bard. You want to get nuts with this, this, this. Like it's cool. Like I'll, I'll put, I'll put these people on lockdown in the front lines, and you can all, you know, kind of choose whatever you want. Know that uh, you'll have a beefy fella up front to kind of try to keep you alive as long as he can. So um, that was my choice. But it's also my favorite class. I just, I always default to yeah. paladin. Not that I don't love so many other classes. Um, but they, you know, there's, there's, I mean, what, there's like what, eight, eight, nine subclasses of paladin, like no two paladins are alike. And I love that about them. You know, it's just like, I've got my standard devotion paladin, you know, as we're getting ready to fight Tiamat, hopefully sometime this year. And you know, my other kid Dungeons of Mad Mage, I've got a, you know, Oathbreaker paladin. that's like mm. a half drow and, you know, plays with darkness and it has like dipped into warlock and like that is so different and so fun and I, I i love that about the paladin class how deep do you like to go on backstories when you're creating these characters is it something that you conceive of right away or does it sort of develop as you're into the campaign i think that's such a fun thing to play with like honestly i i if the dm loves it and will use it i'm so game and i've done it for plenty of characters but you know a lot of dms have their own style and they just like to throw you in there and um, you know, they don't want to do the extra thing of the plot hooks and, and tying something around to some NPC you meet later. Um, so I'm good either way. Uh, I love the chance to uh, build up that backstory, though. And, and it's really fun when DMs can find a way to uniquely incorporate that into yeah. a campaign. I always find that really rewarding and gives you that extra bit of oomph, you know, not to just spend 10 days in town drinking and carousing, you know, like you got stuff to do and it's in your backstory. Go do it. Get it done. <laughs> Overall objective. You put it down on the sheet, so that means it has to come up and be important That's at some right. point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that too. Do you you're do a, uh, uh, in addition to being an actor and performer, like you're you're kind of a writer and creator too, right? You've you've been working on some projects uh that are popping off. Yes. Uh um, you know, we're trying to get some great stuff off the ground. We've got an amazing uh werewolf series that we're um We've come close to getting it made for a couple of years now. So we're still circulating that. Um, uh, Doug Pasco, who I mentioned earlier, is my producing partner in a lot of these endeavors. And, um, you know, we're lining up something really interesting, um, which I guess the, I don't have much to say about it yet, but it's the perfect place to kind of 
talk about it because it's a bucket list thing for me as an actor is we're lining up a, uh, an independent kind of like sword and sorcery type movie right now that we are producing Ooh. and creating and things are looking amazing. And we are moving forward on some things uh, very, very quickly, um, but it will involve me having swords and daggers and fun stuff like this and lots of action and stunts. And I couldn't be more thrilled to uh, live out my ultimate fantasy. Like why cosplay? You know, when you can go to the hospital suffering real sword injuries <laughs> on a film set. So I'm I'm super pumped. That's so super cool. Pumped. I didn't know that. So yeah, you get to live out yeah. the dream of 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 swinging that claymore and, and knocking somebody's teeth out. I just in, you know, I mean, look this the TV and film world, and and even the opportunity to be in, in fantasy video games, like it's everywhere. Like it's the new cool, and I couldn't be happier. You know, because. Yeah. You know, I had a few friends and I used to play a lot of like Magic the Gathering with them after football practice or basketball practice, whatever, when I was in high school. But, you know, outside of that, it's like, you know, no one's knocking down my door to be like, yo, you done with that Icewind Dale trilogy yet? <laughs> you know, it's, but now it's, it's like, you haven't read it. It's like, you know, that judgment you get when you tell someone you haven't watched The Godfather. It's like, you haven't read the Icewind Dale trilogy. So I just love how, you know, it, it's, it's such a, it's a, such a huge thing in, in um, pop culture right now, and it's accessible to everyone, and more and more people are discovering it. And uh, it's just been a blast. So. I can't wait. Spread, spread the love. Yeah, I hope, I hope all the uh, ley lines of magic align, and uh, this movie really works out. That's, that'd be really cool. Are you going uh, to be playing a paladin there, too? Uh, I don't think this character has a class. Um, well, that idea, that, that kind well, of Well, it's going to be an action. Yeah, it's going to be an action movie. So I guess you could probably, as far as I know now, it'd be safe to kind of call it a, uh, a fighter dipped into rogue. Mm. If we're going to, if we're going to okay. deal, yeah. if we're going to give this character a character sheet, I think that that's probably the uh, the direction it's headed right now, which that's is super fun. fun. Yeah, yeah. Oh we you have <laughs> <laughs> we have talked to uh, writers and actors uh, about creating character sheets for their characters that they're playing and like as a way of like developing the character or getting kind of into the mind oh, of the character. That's such a great idea. Right? That's so fun. Yes. So you can actually do it. My gosh. That's, uh, Shelly, don't do that. I, I, <laughs> I'm trying to find a time to, you know, have 20 hours of D&D a week. I can't take another five hours to have fun with this stuff too. Huh? That's not fair. But, I mean, couldn't you, I guess, essentially, this character for the movie, if you did create a playable character mm, and kind of test him out and see, like, well, I don't know what my character would do in this scenario. Let's see. Let's play and see. I kid you not. Um, my uh, the, the partner that's producing this with us, um, as he's kind of hashing out and fleshing out this script, um, and we're lining up the amazing, you know, blacksmith and the costumer and stuff to make the the, the look epic. Um, I sent him a link to Hero Forge, mm. uh, and, and he went and I said, "Look, play. Like, you want to see what this would look like? You want to see what an you know an Apollo it would look like, or you know, him holding a shield? It's like just go and play. Like, use a three D model." you know, and, and just kind of get a sense for what you think would really pop on this character. So it does have amazing practical application, you know, even just looking at the amazing fantasy art online, you know, that I showed him some of the places to go and look and, and some of the stuff from the amazing, you know, D&D modules and 
uh, you know, player's handbook and stuff like this. So he went and collected a whole bunch of that stuff uh, to, to help kind of craft and formulate a unique look for this character. So, Oh, that's uh, so that, cool. That's fun. Have you seen the finished product of what he has created? Or is it? I don't on? yet, but we are talking to an amazing, um, amazing, I don't know if you'd call him, I guess it's a blacksmith, a leather worker slash, I don't know. He's, he's proficient with all the tools. Uh, and he's, he's, he's really well known and he does a lot of stuff in the fantasy arena for TV and film. So, you know, he's, he's just doing initial sketches and we're just kind of trying to find it together. So things are in motion and I'm very excited about it. And, um, you know, I got to get into some classes and stuff. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's on the list soon. I love how the pre-production for this kind of also just sounds like you're prepping for your game. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I, I, it's like a LARP, but with like dangerous stakes. Um, yes, that's kind of what it is. Less nerf and more actual yeah. skill. So cool. Bring it. There you go. That can be the tagline for your movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just don't use the nerf trademark. FYI. Yeah, maybe no, that's foam. You can idea. say foam. <laughs> so, uh, well, then in the meantime, you've got an actual uh, movie coming out, right? Uh, this this March. I do. Yes, um, a, a movie I filmed last year in the Caribbean, of all places. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, it's, it's called Assailant, and it's coming out exclusively um, on demand and via Redbox in the U.S. Uh, March twenty oh, second. Cool. Yeah, psychological thriller action movie. Uh, Casper Van Dien is in it, and uh, Poppy Delavine is a wonderful British actress. Jeff Fahey's a classic character actor as well. Uh, all action, husband and wife uh, on the verge of divorce, go back to the tropical island where uh, they met and proposed and got married a decade mm-hmm. previous, and they cross paths with somebody who likes to teach lessons. They have a bad experience with him, and he stalks them around an island the entire movie. And let me tell you, uh, Casper Van Dien kicks hard. You watch the trailer and uh, that, guy knows, that guy knows what he's doing in terms of fighting. He's a wonderful actor and we had a great time. And it's a, it's a role that you don't often get to see me in. You know, I kind of start out as kind of a D-bag and, you know, redeem myself, you know. And the more punishment I take, uh, it seems to, you know, that seems to kind of be cathartic and he stops being such a blue bag and turns into kind of a, a hero as it goes. So apparently, you know, you just got to get kicked in the ribs by Casper Bendit a bunch of times and, you know, get that, uh, get that bad stuff out of you and uh, mm-hmm. go the path of the hero. So that's how characters March change. Yeah. You get kicked in the so, chest a bunch. Yeah. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Right. A passage. There you go. <laughs> he, he would be a monk, I guess. Mm. <laughs> Yes. So every There's single movie blows. property, you're like, what class are they now? That's what I do. <laughs> yep. Can't get it out of the brain. He's definitely hit me with some flurry of blows all the week. I'm like, all Joe, day, what are you day. on a key points? Stop. He's like, huh? Uh, what? Like, Don't worry about it. Guys. <laughs> Uh, were you able to, uh, you know, uh, play D and D with anybody while you were filming in the Caribbean? That seems like a perfect setting to be able to roll some audience. dice. Yeah. So uh, this is fun. I, you know, pandemic shut everything down. Didn't work basically that whole year. I start off 2021 getting to do back to back films in Nevis, um, which is a, a part of the island of Saint Kitts at the bottom of the Caribbean. 
Mm. And amazing to go from uh, no work at all to doing two films over the course of like four months in the Caribbean, which is wow. a place I've never been to. Um, to make it even better, the wonderful producers there uh, we struck a deal with the Four Seasons. So <laughs> we had to come and quarantine for two weeks oh. at the Four Seasons. Wow. And they're like, you can't leave the grounds. And I'm like, I think I'll be fine. Okay. Thanks. I can handle <laughs> this. Um, and so uh, you better believe that I still ran and played in all the D&D games that I could because I was only four hours ahead uh, in the Caribbean. So we, I definitely still was able to do that. And I discovered and hopped into Adventures League oh. while I was over in Nevis and had a blast playing um, some of that stuff as well. So really enjoyed that too. You were like, I, would, I didn't have enough D&D with my home groups. Let me, let me add more time because you basically had nothing to do for two weeks, right? Except... You know, quarantine. be on the in the pool. <laughs> yes, you know, I went to the, the the gym and tried to eat well, and you know, enjoyed the ocean and the sunshine, and and you know, play D and D a little bit here and there. So, I mean, I don't know. It was it was uh, let's just say it was a it was a wonderful experience filming uh, that movie, despite Casper's flurry blows. <laughs> <laughs> and He's getting great. paid for it too. That's that's He's the, great, by the, way. the ultimate kicker. The ultimate <laughs> kicker. <laughs> Just the ultimate kicker in the ribs. There you go. <laughs> so I guess how if you didn't like how did you end up an actor? Like what what was the path to from journalism to acting? Uh that's a great great question. It's a weird one. And I haven't met anyone else who's come anywhere with anywhere near my weird journey, but uh, we'll take it back to Ithaca College. Okay. Um flashback. And I was, you know, the journalism major. They had a, an amazing program to send students out to L.A. because, you know, they have a film I school remember. there and everything else. Yeah, they, so they had an L.A.-based kind of internship program uh, in, in Los Angeles, like, for 20 years before, yeah. you know, I was a senior out there. And all these people went into the entertainment industry, whether they were film school people or whatever. So they had an unbelievable network, like a database of alumni that were, you know, successful out in Los Angeles. So I said, I think that's the place for me. Um, spent my last semester of my senior year out in Los Angeles. I, I interned with a, a publicist named Jay Schwartz, oh. JDSPR, and he, I made myself invaluable. He, he hired me as an assistant. So I went back to Ithaca. I threw my cap in the air. I went back to LA <laughs> and I just started working in entertainment uh, public relations. And so that's what I did for 13 years. Oh you know? my and God, I, you I, must have good stories. Yeah. Well, we got into talent management as well. So I got to learn a lot and, you know, kind of became partners with Jay. Jay still works as my talent manager to this day. That's uh, cool. So it was a wonderful relationship and a wonderful opportunity. But, um, you know, working with actors like Scott Bakula and this, that, whatever, I was exposed to so many things in the entertainment industry. We really learned the business. And, you know, people would just say, you have to consider an acting class, this, that, whatever else. And so I had enough people approach me curious about me. So I said, well, I'll try it. Why not? I love Band of Brothers and I love Braveheart and I love this, that, whatever else. Let me see what acting classes are. So for quite a few years, I took classes when I had the money and the interest, auditioned a little bit here and there and was able to find a little bit of success and traction. And one thing led to another and I was able to land the, uh, the Sony Sniper franchise lead role when they rebooted that, uh, playing Tom Berenger's son. And um, that was when I knew this is for me. This is my path. And I worked to transition out of the office life 
and on to uh, set life, hashtag set life. Um, <laughs> so that's, that's kind of my, my weirdo journey into becoming an actor. And I, I can't imagine doing anything else. Have you ever been written up in the Ithaca quarterly? <laughs> <laughs> that's a great question. I think they did <laughs> once. I did this World War II movie for Sony called Company of Heroes, which is based on a video game property. Yeah. And I think they did a little blurb about, about me in that thing. Um, I'm not sure. Um, you don't really hear from them too much, Shelly, unless they, you know, they want, you know, want they a want little money. bit donor. Right. Yeah, they want a little donation. So, well, what's, um, what's yeah. funny about that story, Chad, is that I don't think anybody has ever said, all it, all it took for me to be successful was 13 years in PR. <laughs> no. Um, I've lucky never number. heard that either. <laughs> I've never heard that either, but I'm very grateful because I, I, I was always able to approach acting for the fun of it. You know, I didn't have any pressure. I, you know, this was fun for me to, to just try it on for size and go as I felt comfortable and, and slowly, you know, gain XP and level up as they, as it were. And, and there was, you know, I always had the office gig and I, you know, I was, I was okay with that sort of stuff. And it was, it was a fun process of discovering more than like, I knew this was for me. I came to LA to do only this, you know, and then have that first one, two, three, four, five years, you know, being a bartender or a bar back grinding and grinding and grinding, trying to make a living, do it. Like I got real hands-on industry experience. I got to learn so much as I stepped into acting, which was um, just a really, really wonderful boon for my, my career. So, but now it's what I, it's what I do and it's a blast. Yeah. That leveling up metaphor really does work. I mean, I think you were you were yeah. gaining all of the insight necessary uh, to just be like, oh, and by the way, I have the skills that this role needs, that this role needs. Uh, that's that's amazing, man. Yeah, and you know, it's a perspective that most you know actors are not you know, there's always the joke, you know, actors are creatives and they're not good business people. It's like, well, you're an actor, like you're kind of your own business, and you have to treat it like that. You know, yeah. I know Shelly, you're uh, an accomplished published author, so you know how that is. It's, it's when you are putting out your own stuff or your own likeness into the world, you know, you have to treat it like a business. And a lot of actors don't come from that world or don't have experience doing that or don't even know how the industry works. No. It's like there being an abundance of resources out there to learn about it. So um, it was really, really instrumental for me because I was catching up on the experience part of being a good actor. But I understood the business part, yeah. so I could I could really kind of find the opportunities that were a good fit for me for where I was at, and it was a it was a really fun journey until those things kind of came together beautifully and dovetailed, and um, I let one of them go, and and here we are doing the things, <laughs> playing pretend. So clearly, you've read the profile about me and the Ithaca Quarterly. <laughs> <laughs> Just yes. how you know about. <laughs> My I don't think they even send it to me anymore. Maybe I've moved um, too many times. Yeah, I don't. I actually haven't gotten one. Maybe it doesn't <laughs> exist anymore. But. <laughs> yes, I did. I um, pivoted to I, I pitched myself yeah. to the quarterly, and they were like, Good, "Sure, as you well, should." Yeah, I did. You're doing I'm awesome like, stuff. Yeah, why wouldn't like, they? Come on, man! I like used half of a degree that I got from you to like write a book. <laughs> don't you want to know yeah. about it? So. Yeah. Put me in that cover, yo. Hmm. I don't think I made it to the cover, but well, there was when our a color talk picture. Book comes out. That's that. We'll yeah. pitch him again. There you go. Follow up. I love it. Follow up. Yep. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's also, I mean, the the great thing about what you, the way the path that you took there, Chad, was that it's all about the relationships that you build and how to 
not necessarily do the yes and thing of improv, but like just, you know, being the person that helps out and makes a production better uh, or, or less stressful. Um, yeah. And then if you build enough of that over, you know, as you said, decades plus, all of a sudden people are just like, oh yeah, I want to work with that person because they know how to, you know, either get stuff done or they know the person who they can introduce to me to get the stuff done. And then that's just yeah. such a leg up for anybody who's who's doing that. And it, Honestly, just to bring it back to D&D for a second, it's a little bit how a D&D party works, right? Like, you're like, mm-hmm. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to pick this lock, but I got my buddy here who does. Or, you know, I don't know anything about how runes work, but my wizard can, can help us out. And, like, that, people don't realize, like, that is so valuable when you're putting on a show, when you're, when you're making a, a thing, right? I agree 100%. And I, you know, to your point... One of the uh, early great acting kind of teachers and consultants and coaches that I had was a woman named Amy Jo Berman, uh, who originally casted Game of Thrones of all friggin' things. Oh, uh, so she's great. But she leaned into what you said. And she said, you know, people like to work with other people who they know, they like, and they trust. And I've always said about me that, like, I'm fine being an average actor for the rest of my life. I'd rather be known as a good person. I take mm-hmm. my lawful good status very seriously. Uh, as it were, and it is about networking, and, and I think that's that's the lack of business awareness that a lot of actors has is they think networking is hi, I don't know you, um, what can you do for me? And yeah. that's never going to get you anywhere, you know, for 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 any good reason at all. And now you're kind of stamped with like, well, you know, keep a healthy distance from that person. So it is about how you can help and share and support, and you know, we're all we're all only as good as our last job, you know, as an actor or our last book as an author. So, you know, helping other people rise up, it will come back around in that way, you know, supporting and this sort of stuff is so important. The network is so important. And there's a beautiful way of networking that I learned a long time ago. And it's how can I help? And that's how you start, you know, any relationship and that will take you far. And it certainly served me very well. And that's something I, I encourage other people to, try on for size if they're frustrated or you know missing something in their career or not where they want to be it's just like well be helpful you know go out there and be helpful and see what comes back to you and i think that's it's a it's a wonderful thing you know and i love the dd analogy absolutely you know you recognize skills and talents of people yeah. that you meet and you let them lean into it and you say thanks and it'll take you far Shelly, that sounds a lot like lifting people up which we always say on on this podcast, right? It's all it's all about making sure your teammates, your people, you know, uh, yeah, someone you just met. I mean, that's what's funny about uh, you and me, Chad. I think we we met at a hotel room in uh, a hotel uh, lobby. Whoa, wait a minute, I didn't hear this story. I know, right? Easy, we met in a hotel room uh, with <laughs> no pants on. <laughs> <laughs> but it was important. Uh, but no, but right. I mean, I, I didn't yeah. know you and, and Doug from anybody. And, and you listened to me <laughs> with my crazy ideas. And we just kind of, uh, uh, you know, had a burgeoning friendship from there. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, yeah, that's that's how this this whole business works. That's right. E3, uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare was coming out. And uh, I was down there with Doug for E3. And I think we, you know, got a cocktail in the, uh, what is it, the Marriott there? Yeah, or the down, down there by the LA Convention Center. Um, it was great. You know, me and Doug got to pop by and say hello to you and Nathan over in, in uh, the Seattle area uh, when I was coming off of one of my sniper movies in Vancouver, which is a blast. So it's always a pleasure and it's and it's always great. And, you know, you all have been very kind and generous to, to me and Doug and, and everything else too. And I, I love being able to to support 
anyone in their endeavors. You know, you got to be brave to put creative stuff out there. You know, yeah. as you know, Greg, as Shelly, you know, it's you follow your bliss, but you know, so much of your experience is going to be rejection. And, you know, to be able to have a great support system around you, you know, helps lessen the blows, you know, gives you a little bit of a, I don't know, bludgeoning resistance. I, I, I'm here all day for these D&D puns. Yeah, you, you're, you're tanking this group. <laughs> Shelly's the, the, the sorcerer or the sorcerer. Tanking something. Uh, and, uh, you know, I don't know what I am. I'm the king. Tanking this interview. <laughs> No, you're leading the charge in this interview. Seriously, <laughs> you are. I'm We're inspired. just following behind you. I am inspired. You have inspiration. Go. Yes, mm-hmm. I've got um, the cutting words behind you. Uh, yes, that's what you can do. Causing psychic um, damage to our listeners. <laughs> All right, well, thank you so much, Chad, uh, for being on. Shelly, did you, you, I feel like you have one more question you want to say. Don't you feel like everybody would just be better off if they played D&D? Because everything that you're talking about, like I feel like people could learn that from playing mm-hmm. D&D. You can. Uh, it's it, that's why it's such a fantastic game. You know, it has such a cooperation element. Yeah. Um, you know, and 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 a, and a, it, you have to listen. You know, and be present. It's not easy to improv. It's not easy to re- respond to something in real time, and it's almost impossible if you're not actively listening. And I think that those are w- wonderful skills for anybody to to practice, as well as what you said, Greg. You know, being able to even if it's a fictional character like recognizing people's talents and unique abilities and, you know, supporting them in that way and encouraging them to, to keep going down that road and that path and give them the opportunity to do so. Everybody wins. So, you know, D&D, what can you say? Everyone would be better served. Same. You heard it here That's first. That's the goal. Get everybody playing. <laughs> well, if people want to Doing tears work. Yes, exactly. <laughs> tears work. I got, I got Peller uh, on the brain, but, you know, tears work too, I guess. <laughs> Well, if people want to find out about all the amazing stuff you're doing, the movies you're in, uh, the the video games, all these projects, especially this new uh, you know streaming show for 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 D and D, how can they find out about it? Yes, I'm on I'm on the internet at uh, what is it, Instagram, Twitter. It's at Collins Chad M. Facebook is just my name, Chad Michael Collins. I stream you know Call of Duty Warzone on Twitch several times a week. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Chad Michael Collins as well. I just got on TikTok, the TikTok. So basically, you know, my level of expertise is like I just put a bunch of photos into a slideshow and then put like Danzig or like Screaming Trees, Seattle band, by the way, that I've always loved, um, you know, in the background. So I'm I'm a noob there. uh, That's also at Collins Chatham. But uh, the Die is Cast Gaming, that's the group I'm, I'm creating with Jakey Dunza and Lindsay Russo. Um, we're up on socials as die is cat die d i e is cast gaming uh, on everything Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch. So more news about that hopefully uh, come March. That's awesome. Very exciting. We'll be tuning in for sure. Yeah, I want to roll some dice. That sounds fun. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, again, thanks for coming on, dude. Uh, taking the time and talking about this. I love that you are a lawful good paladin, not just in your games, but <laughs> in real here in this life. interview and in real life. Heroic deeds, Greg. Shelly, thank you so much. Greg, <laughs> thank Shelley's you. It's an absolute blast. I've been looking forward to this for months because I can't shut my yap about the D&D. So. Anytime you want to talk about D&D, you Appreciate can it. come here. It's a safe space. It's a safe space. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, man. Thank you. Take it easy. 
What an amazing performer, personality. I feel like he embodies our lift you up oh. philosophy. Like, I almost feel like we should pay him. <laughs> He's just out there spreading the good word of the D and the D, just telling everyone how great it is and and teaching people and, and just bringing more people into the fold. It's like, yeah. thank you. Thank you, Chad. Thank Thanks, you. Chad. Uh, as well as just being a good person in the entertainment industry, as, yeah. as uh, you know, you, have, you hear so many stories about awful people to work with, crazy auteur directors yelling at folks. But you know, I think he had the right philosophy just to be like, I'm going to yes helpful. and and make people feel good about what they're doing and, their, and get their projects off the ground. And people remember that. And so, be helpful of you listening out there. It's very important around the D and D table. It's very important in life. It is, and you know, it's it is really. Good advice, especially if you yourself are feeling a little out of control or untethered or like you don't know where your next step might be, just help somebody. Just yeah. You can still be helpful and then somehow that might put your life into focus a little bit more as well. So That's a good point. It just, I just really like that. That really resonated with me. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Um, so if that resonates with you... Let more people know about our good podcast here, Dragon Talk. <laughs> we like to spread the word out there and grow our audience. We think we uh, have a lot to say about what is good in the world or lawful good, as the case may be. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if you can, uh, let people know about it on social media. Uh, if you have the inclination, write a review. Give us some stars on the Apple Podcasts. Uh, <laughs> that just really helps get the word out to more people uh, and that's that's what we want to do. We want to just make the world a better place and get more people playing D&D because as we yep. said with Chad, I think you'd just be a better person if you play more d and I do. It's that easy. It's just that easy, people. <laughs> Go to uh, follow everything that we do at uh, Dungeons & Dragons at wizards underscore D&D on Twitter, on Instagram. You can follow the page on Facebook. Spread the good word for all those things on all the places. Join TikTok like Chad has and tell people about it there on the TikToks. If you oh, want to pay yeah. attention to what me and Shelly are doing, I am at Greg Tito on Twitter, Greg underscore Tito on Instagram. I am watching Star Trek, which is also all about lifting people up in a party uh, not dissimilar from a D&D campaign. Uh, that is at Reengage TNG. Shelly, I know you've got a lot more simple way for people to follow everything you're doing. So easy. Just find me at Shelly Moo on Twitter and Instagram. That's easy. I'm following. I'm following you again right now. I just did it. Follow, unfollow, follow, unfollow. <laughs> just keep doing it so you can keep following and unfollowing. Block, follow, unfollow, unblock. <laughs> unblock. <laughs> Mute, unmute. <laughs> that, that's what the kids are calling engagement these days. What? By engaging with the oh. account, I'm just oh kidding. yeah, you're yeah. No, I was like, what? No, tell me. I no need what? to know everything. How do the kids engage? How do they engage? Please tell me. Well, Drunky Two Shoes is currently engaged yeah. in a melee yeah. in the basement of the Garrulous Groaster in Waterdeep. There are doppelgangers. You've been fighting them for, uh, I, let's say, sixty Years. seconds. Uh, oh. If we're doing rounds of combat, it really hasn't been that long. But uh, you currently have Samson and Daryl at the top. Most of the doppelgangers, as well as one guard, are unconscious below you. Uh, but you are in a 
melee range with a doppelganger, you recently threw an acid splash for some damage. They are otherwise unhurt, uh, but they are in cahoots with trying to take you down. And so the doppelgangers are now up. Oh, wait, no, no. I mm-hmm. thought they were like down for good. No, well, that, I'm just saying the one doppelganger you're fighting is is attacking you and uh-huh. they get a hit. I'm assuming a, a 18 hits your yeah. uh, armor class. Yes. Yes. And they deal several amounts of damage. Come on. To you. What did they hit me with? They slammed against you. Oh, drunk. Um, I actually made two. So one of them didn't hit you. So you take um, eight Drag. points of bludgeoning damage as they bump uh, and try to slam their uh, meaty fists into you. Ooh, meaty fists. Yeah. Um, after the doppelganger hits you, though, strangely enough, it changes shape right in front of you uh, to look like your brother, Daryl. And it's disturbingly thing. And it kind of like tilts its head and looks at you and says in a voice that is very much like Daryl, that's what you get for fighting with me. Oh, I've seen this trick before. You You're do? not my brother. Um, I will do a minor illusion that looks like how he looked before just to mess with him. <laughs> <laughs> and I tilt my head. Really? Oh, okay. That's cool. (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, All right. So you you create uh, basically the 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 image of a doppelganger, uh, Mm -hmm. and then so Daryl, the actual Daryl that is up above, looks down and sees a vision of himself, a vision of the doppelganger, and you. And uh, you hear Daryl go, "What is going on? Who do I attack?" And I go, oh, I'm a doppelganger. <laughs> that's what you say? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. You'll, I'll, I'll see what Daryl rolls and what he attempts to do Darryl, next time. obviously you're not going to attack me. That's what the doppelganger would say. He's you. The guy who looks like you is clearly the doppelganger. Maybe I'm the doppelganger. Oh, no. We're all going to have an existential crisis. <laughs> happening awesome all right well we'll pick it up next time 